This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, good morning. It's 7.07 a.m. on Friday, the 3rd of November. You're listening to The Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mokhtar with Wong Xiaoning and Philip C. In half an hour, we're going to discuss the policy and regulatory developments on generative AI that took place on both sides of the Atlantic this week. But as always, we're going to kickstart the morning with a recap on how global markets closed overnight. U.S. markets were all in the green as the Fed held its rates. The Dow was up 1.7%. S&P 500 up 1.9% and over in Nasdaq was up 1.8%. Over across in Asia, the Nikkei was also up 1.1%, Hang Seng up 0.8%, but the Shanghai Composite down 0.5%, Singapore's STI up 0.2% and back home, FBM KLCI up 0.3%. For some thoughts on what's moving international markets, we have on the line with us Tim Mulholland, President of TJM Limited in Chicago. Tim, good morning. Thanks as always for joining us. So let's take a look at uh, what happened this week on Wednesday. The US uh, Fed unanimously agreed to hold the key Fed funds rate in a target range between 525 to 5.5%. Help us interpret of uh, Chairman Jerome Powell's comments. Tim, what do you think he was trying to communicate in terms of giving direct on where interest rates are headed? Well, you know, I mean, there was uh, no change, obviously, was <clears throat> expected. I mean, there was like a very minute chance. So that was okay. And still not clear if there'll be another one or two. And he said the Fed's not even thinking about lowering rates. So I think, you know, it really is this is going to be dependent on the data uh, if they uh, raise again. or. But the big question is how long are they going to hold rates here? And, if, and right now you'd have to say for you know, a little bit longer than probably anybody thinks. So even though the market took it like the Fed's finished, um, you know, everyone's waiting for this economic slowdown so that the Fed can start lowering rates again. Mm. And the market grasps at anything that gives a hint of the Fed continuing to support the market. So I just hate to break it, but I don't think that help's going to be forthcoming. But the BOJ is probably the biggest deal here right now for uh, uh, and when they lift their uh, yield curve control. Right now, it's been such a tepid uh uh, pace much less than the market expected to carry trades going. And that's the cheapest source of funding in the world. So to me, from Fed policy, the BOJ is probably going to be most important. But just sticking to the Fed decision, do you expect US dollar to continue to strengthen or weaken? Well, you know, it's interesting. It's been strong and you think it's like rip-roaring to new highs. But the dollar index is a you know, 107 handle and it was around 115 about a year ago. So it still hasn't regained those highs. And also gold's, uh, you know, testing the $2,000 level again. So that makes me think a little bit. I think when you get a slowdown in the U.S., you're going to see the dollar get hit pretty hard. And, you know, not the least of which is going to be, you know, we have this big fiscal uh, funding issue with economic growth at 3%. What's going to happen if we go into a, uh, you know, into a slowdown or, or a recession you know, you're already talking supply of three tr- three trillion treasuries. So that's that's I think when the dollar starts. But again, I think it's going to start. You're going to see it. I think in the yen first is in my view because that's when the carry trade would come undone. But we're not seeing that right now. Okay, let's talk about the yen because it's this morning one five zero against the U.S. dollar. I'm just curious from your perspective, at what point will the Ministry of Finance actually intervene in the uh, to support the yen? When does it get really painful for the Japanese economy? Well, I think for the Japanese economy, it's looking pretty good, you know, as far as from the, uh, you know, from the companies, exporters especially. But, you know, the, you know, you've heard some, um, some uh, you know, little 
rhetoric from the moth. And I think if we challenge the highs we saw earlier this week, I think they come in and intervene. And don't forget what happens during an intervention. See, that's the other important thing. If they're going to do that, what do, where do they hold their reserves? They hold their reserves in dollars, which are held in treasuries, which means they have to sell treasuries and then they sell the dollars to buy the yen. So you see, this could become a vicious circle. Kind of got to go back to the mid 80s to, uh, you know, redux of that. And can we just shift from monetary to fiscal policy on Japan? I mean, uh, Japanese Prime Minister Kishida has unveiled a stimulus package, right, to try and contain uh, perhaps concerns over uh, the economic economic sluggishness. But it's also concerns that it would, you know, not address the issues of inflation, right? Yeah, I mean, they're looking like they're going to let definitely inflation run longer, higher for longer. But for me, I think in the, uh, you know, if inflation were to, let's say if we get a resurgence in inflation, which is not out of the question here, especially if you don't get a slowdown, let's say China's stimulus starts to work a little bit. And Japan does a lot of business there. And I think that their exporters are going to be, you know, things would be booming. And, you know, it, it could come a point where inflation gets to three and a half percent or something in Japan or well above three percent. And the and the BOJ uh, would and that sense have to say enough and you know we're again we're not really there i think the mark we're on the cusp of it in japan which was why it was such a disappointment this week but you know it's, it's worth watching and if we take a look at u.s core inflation tim um fed always sees this as an indicator of prices it's currently running at 3.7 percent on an annual basis does it make sense for the fed to have an inflation target of two percent even on a flexible basis you know, we I think we talked last year, I know, I think we talked about that. I don't think it makes any sense in their 2%, although there's a lot of people that believe that. So, you know, and that's, I think, why you're seeing this market rally. That's the old soft landing, uh, you know, deal. I think 3.7 on a year-on-year -year basis, okay. Um, but I think you're going to start seeing comparisons get worse, and you're going to probably see that number uh, tick up. So they should have something more along the lines of a 3% target. I don't think 2% is going to be attainable, especially with the way we're spending fiscally. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, just with some pressure still, I think that you're, uh, you're seeing on that front. So, Tim, can we talk about uh, result season? It started, it's almost ending. So far, what are your thoughts on it? Has, has it met your expectations? I think it has probably, but not enough where I think the market had even higher expectations. And you know, even you saw Apple tonight was uh, interesting because their uh, demand from China, or re revenue in China, was two billion lighter than expected. That's you know that's not small. So China's a big part there, and I think that's raised some concern for Apple. You know, in that regard, and I think you had uh, you know Amazon on the other hand was fantastic. You know, incredible. Then you had Google. There was a disappointment. Microsoft was good. So it's been a mixed bag. But given the valuation levels in these uh, companies, the big seven, uh, I think that uh, you know expectations are really uh, high. So they got a they have a big they have a big hurdle here. So it not won't be difficult to disappoint. Tim, thank you as always for the chat. That was Tim Mulholland, president of TJM Limited in Chicago, giving us his take on some of the trends that he sees moving markets in the days and weeks ahead, commenting there on the Apple results that came out overnight. Let's uh, go through them. So their fist, Apple's fiscal fourth quarter earnings and sales beat analyst expectations, but they revealed that overall sales fell for the fourth quarter in a row. Shares fell by over 3% after executives warned that the holiday quarter will be about the same as last year. Earnings per share came in at $1.46, better than the expected $1.39, but sales fell around 1% to $89.5 billion, beating analyst estimates of about $89.3 billion. Now, this is Apple's fourth straight revenue decline, matching a streak it
it suffered in 2001, more than two decades ago. Okay, so what caused the share price to decline was actually comments by their CFO in the conference call. He has basically said that for the fourth quarter, revenue is expected to be flat. He also basically said that, and, and why markets are disappointed is because there's seasonality to Apple's earnings, right? Typically, you'll be buying such things for your Christmas presents, be it the phone, the wearables, so or the iPads or the Macs, and that's not happening as much as analysts were expecting. The other thing to note is that Apple sales in China fell marginally from 15.47 to $15.08 billion dollars. The thing is, are we already seeing sales? Is it Did it just capture the beginning of the sales slowdown? Or has it captured yeah. the whole period? Mm. Because the government has come out to say, the Chinese government, right, has said, hey, you top officials, you shouldn't be using Apple phones. Well, Tim could did correct to say that actually if you account for Forex rates, right, actually Apple's business in China grew year on year driven by iPhone sales and services revenue. But yes, you're right. You know, it's very interesting barometer of consumption patterns and behaviours. Whether we are at the tip, Edge of a rise mm. or a precipitous fall. Don't forget, Tim Cook was in China. Uh, it seemed like a lot over the past yeah. few months. So whether we're going to see any impact uh, moving forward in the last quarter, but yeah. Okay, so the other thing that uh, everyone's watching is whether the Huawei phone, right, which is supposed to be stellar, is really going to give Apple a run for their money. And just to show, to kind of explain what the what analysts were expecting versus what what they delivered analysts were expecting 17 billion in sales and they only delivered 15 so that's a big drop now in terms of the street i can bet you like, all the money i have in my bank it's still probably a darling on wall street because <laughs> you know you can't ignore apple right um currently let me see very quickly oh can you struggling with it this morning people okay anyway i'll get to it yep we will come to that but in the meantime let's take a look at starbucks because uh they reported uh pretty good results as well sales expectations uh you know they beat sales expectations and delivered an upbeat annual profit forecast and guess what it's all because of pumpkin spice latte Uh, and i don't get the hype though i tried it it's okay i'm not a big fan of spices in my beverages so I'm not partial to it but uh, it is a craze that happens every fall yeah. fall season and I guess that's it's really clever marketing as well to only have it during this particular season really ramp up the demand for it and hence when uh, you know August September comes around uh, people just flock to Starbucks for pumpkin spice it's, latte. It's those seasonal things like I think McDonald's does right with the samurai burger here as well but as you say the numbers earnings per share came in at $1.06 higher than expected 97 cents in Revenue rose 11% to $9.37 billion. Okay, so the average check in Starbucks did rise 6%. Traffic also improved 2%. Looking outside America, same store sales increased 5%. Um, And in China, which is Starbucks' second largest market, same store sales rose 5%. Customer traffic increased 8%, but they were spending less because average ticket prices fell 3%. They weren't like the Americans. They probably don't like that pumpkin spice. I don't get it, right? Which I have never tried. I've tried it. I mean, they even have it here in Malaysia. And I'm thinking, we don't celebrate, you know, autumn in Malaysia. So why do we have pumpkin spice latte? We just embrace all food trends. Yeah, we just like, we embrace all festivities. We embrace all food trends, all Mm, seasons, you know. Just any excuse to try something new. (laughs) But in terms of outlook, Starbucks expects same-store sales growth of between 5 to 7%, actually down from its long-term forecast of seven to nine percent if you look at the street it's not a it's not that sweet because buys only 17 23 holes just one sell consensus target price for this stock 107 us dollars and 36 cents so looks like 
hey, there are non-believers out there. And very quickly, I promise Apple, right? So Apple, in terms of its consensus forecast, 199 US dollars and 76 cents, um, 34 buys, 15 holes, Three sales. Current share price one hundred and seventy-seven US dollars and fifty-seven cents, up three dollars and sixty cents. All right, at seven nineteen a.m., we're going to head into some messages, but we'll come back to look at the top stories in the newspapers and portals this morning. Stay tuned, BFM eighty-nine point nine. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM eighty-nine point nine, the Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.